Hi. I'd like to begin the episode by thanking some patrons. Uh, people like Seth Henriksen, Audi Orlando Lily Bassoff, Jeremy, Rowan, and Spoon. All of these all of these are folks who have gone to patreon.com slash TV and uh, kicked us some money. We really appreciate it. You can be like them, support the show, support the network, and get lots of cool stuff by going to patreon.com slash TV. Thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Vampire, which is an action RPG developed by Don't Nod Entertainment and published by Focus Home Interactive for the PC and Contemporary Systems in 2018. Vampires, 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 vampires. What, Teeth what? as sharp as barbed wires. What are you doing? What you, what you got uh, there, bud? Dalton Wilcox, Cowboy oh. Poet Laureate of the West. Gotcha. Okay. Fills a cowboy with vampire fright. Mm. Um, we've been filled with vampire fright. Yeah. In this uh, game that I knew would be a waff game the moment I put my hands on it. <laughs> it's the, the it's the waffiest waff that ever wafted up. It's <laughs> if you thought the sinking city was the kind of like ambitious failure uh, <laughs> that we love to do on the show, you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, baby. Baby. Uh, this this episode is executive produced by Jack, our friend. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jack. Uh, this is a premium episode, which means that everybody is going to get this first generalities part. And then if you are a patron at $5 a month, uh, you get the full episode. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into it because this one is going to be spicy. Uh, in this game, you play as Jonathan Reed, um, who is from the J.C. Denton School of uh, Uptight Weirdo. Uh, oh, I, I love Jonathan Reed. Oh, he's I, great. <laughs> Just like yeah. I love J.C. Denton. <laughs> yeah, he's such a, you, you know, this is the uh, the same voice actor who does Margaret, right? Uh, I do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, the, he uh, he does the lead character in the uh, the 2018 Call of Cthulhu game. Yeah, and he does the same voice, basically. Basically. <laughs> weird choice. Uh, also a Jack pick. Hmm. Um, he's also the voice of Yol in Dark Souls 3. Yep. Stay safe. Uh, like that guy. <laughs> yeah, the, the this game kind of made him break big in, uh, in uh, you know, video game stuff. Uh, but Jonathan Reed, this, this big old beardo who looks kind of like a boss that I used to have, which is weird every time he shows up on screen. Um, mm-hmm. He is a doctor who has been turned into a vampire, and he is trying to stop uh, this epidemic uh, in London in 1918, kind of at the tail end of the Great War. Uh, kind of coinciding uh, with what is uh, assumedly a second outbreak of the Spanish influenza. 
Yes. Yeah. A real thing. The Spanish mm-hmm. flu, a yep. real, uh, real outbreak. Um, and that there's your pitch and it is an, a solid gold pitch. Mm-hmm. Dr. Vampire is great. Yep. What a good idea. <laughs> uh, you, in this game, you have this kind of semi open world, uh, with very vanishingly few interior spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a third person game. You, uh, complete quest, you do, uh, which are called investigations in mm-hmm. this. And then you have main quest, uh, while fighting vampires and vampire hunters. Um, we're going to talk about the individual elements of this and then talk about how they don't go together very well. Yep. Uh, I like this game a lot. It's going to sound like I don't though, because mm-hmm. there's so many things I don't, that don't work yeah. together in this. Uh, the combat I've seen pithily described as shitty bloodborne. What? Yeah. Uh, that's shitty bloodborne. Weird. That's weird. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. It, you know, a dodge, <laughs> a dodge step and no blocking mm. and parrying and yeah the the the, the element the elements are there i i i guess putting the emphasis emphasis on putting the emphasis on shitty to me i think makes that work just a little bit better um yeah yeah. it's a well i mean yeah i i to me shitty bloodborne more or less worked for Mm -hmm. this like it's it's real stiff um it's got a lot of jank to it yeah uh but it is it is stamina based dodge based combat at its at its very very core yeah this is um (laughs) this is to melee combat what mass effect one's combat system is to a shooting game feels like to me yeah yeah uh but yeah you've got a three hit combo uh you have the ability to kind of fire off these spells and abilities on cooldowns uh things like that you do have health stamina you've got blood of course you've got blood uh this Mm -hmm. is pulling from the vampire the masquerade uh, school where blood is your mana um you know for pulls uh, a lot from vampire the masquerade oh my god so much uh yeah. they're, they're gonna say embrace and they don't mean embrace yeah they don't they don't mean that that's the one weird thing they pull but then they change the definition <laughs> uh, they pull they pull a lot of stuff though yeah um so yeah so health stamina mana blood uh that you have um this basically is vampiric abilities uh, that you have. They also pull directly from uh, Vampire the Masquerade aggravated damage. Yep. Um, you will heal regular attacks, but fire and certain attacks will do aggravated damage, which actually lowers your maximum uh, current health. Yeah. Um, and uh, puts a little cap there. And then you have to recover that either through uh, drinking blood uh, or through healing. You won't heal it naturally. Yeah. Um, a big part of your quote unquote build in this game is figuring out uh, how you're going to get blood back mm-hmm. uh, in combat. So there, there are two schools of this. Uh, the first time I, so this is my second time I played this. I played this just all natural uh, when it came out and I was using the uh, stun school. Uh, enemies have a stamina bar that you can do damage to with a stun weapon. And then once you do enough damage, they'll kind of uh, get woozy, like a fatality animation and you can drink from them uh, in the middle of combat. Um, the issue here is the more you do this, the more resistant they get to it. Yes. Uh, it takes more and more hits the a thousand times easier way to do it that mm. I wish that I had done the first playthrough is just get a weapon that sucks their blood automatically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I realized this halfway through because bite bite was really, really powerful by just numerical, you know, doing a whole bunch of damage at once, uh, kind of, kind of, kind of deals. Um, and some enemies were just much easier to stun than they were to do damage to. But yeah, definitely the way to go is like hacksaw in your main hand, 
um, and like a surgical knife in the off hands and then customize them or, you know, customize the surgical knife so you can draw blood from it. Yep. Uh, there are also unique weapons uh, that you can get that will draw a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lady of the night who has a really, really special blood sucking knife. Yeah. Uh, that you can take. Um, so this will refill you during that. And you use this uh, not just for spells, but also healing Yeah. in the middle of the fight. Uh, so you like everything in this game, like you can see what they're going for. There's this rhythm of trying to keep that, that meter topped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does not work as well as it sounds. No. And the final boss uh, completely invalidates one of these strategies. So if you've been relying on it, then it will be a real big problem for you. I, I'll be curious to hear what your your experience with that was because this this time through the game I rolled it. Oh yeah, like no walls. Uh, <laughs> the first time I had some issues, but this was unreasonably easy. Yeah, um, for me. No, I I mean I ended up having problems because I was going for a kind of good ending, not like the spotless one. Because fuck that, we'll talk about why. Um, and yeah. again, one of those disconnects for why like that is not really that uh, that is not the, the way the to play this. The fundamental disconnect, yeah, like the the good idea that doesn't work but is still worth seeing that uh-huh. is at the heart of Vampire. Yes, yeah. So like I, I pretty much played as a vampire crime fighter, <laughs> only given okay. the, only given the chomp to people who I really thought deserved it. Um, and, uh, ended up getting the second to best, second to best ending, uh, but was wildly underleveled for a lot of this, uh, because Mm. of the, because of the way they handle leveling, which we'll get to in depth. Yeah. Which is the intended experience. Yeah. It's both a flaw and the intended experience. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really interesting. This game, this game fucks with that. Yeah. Um, you, there's no shield. There's no blocking. Yeah. Uh, you can either have a two-handed weapon or a one-handed weapon and an offhand weapon. Uh, the offhand weapon can either do stun, it can suck blood, or it can be a ranged weapon, mm-hmm. like a gun. Um, and these can be upgraded and customized through a crafting system uh, that is fueled by rummaging through garbage cans and people's shelves yeah. throughout the world. Uh, you end up in you know the High Prince of Vampire Society's house. You immediately start stealing all the nitrate. <laughs> from his cabinets i'm like hey man got any uh, aluminum shavings uh, in there I, can, I can grab from you <laughs> got, any, uh, got any moldy bread i can any moldy grain yeah. i can get ergotamine from yeah I, can i get some ergotamine and then uh, you just go dig through all their stuff yeah uh, it's it's a real you have to constantly be gruffling the edges of every stage yep uh tapping on every every garbage can to mm-hmm. power this engine and uh i'm gonna go as far as to say it's dog shit yeah, uh, I hate the crafting in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they integrate it into the uh, the vampire medical tension. Yes, you know again the the central thing at the heart of this game that doesn't quite work. Um, but you have to do it. It ends up yeah. being non optional for really either playstyle, mm-hmm. and it just sucks the stars from the sky. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. rummaging rummaging through garbage and through cabinets to find components for medicine ends up being a direct way to get uh to, to to get experience like it is an economy it's a pipeline that leads from one to the other and, and it it's makes your character ludicrous yes you know you your character who is this very dignified and interesting setup this conflict that again the log line of this is perfect vampire doctor is no notes mm-hmm. that is an absolutely amazing pitch uh dr acula it, Dr. Acula, exactly, Dr. Acula. Um, the, uh, what is it, man on, on Guppy? Well, it's like Kid Dracula. is Backwards is Alucard Dick. <laughs> 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 like, just great. Uh, 
but the uh you know as an alu card dick you, you just are constantly it's so silly <laughs> like you come into a room you yell at somebody to tell you more about how the last time they saw their mother and then you just go and gruffle so much fucking gruffling <laughs> yep yeah and also like it you end up with these farcical situations where like ah shit i uh you know need to upgrade this weapon because it's the only way that i can actually like get past this encounter that i am under leveled for but to get it i need not um a small good trigger handle but i need a regular <laughs> good trigger hand good trigger uh, trigger part yes i think I, is what they call them the trigger is basically a part in and of itself yes it doesn't break down into smaller triggers that you have to like glue together, man. <laughs> but it's like, all right, the guy, the, like the, the the merchant that is near me, I just bought the last one so I could rest and therefore advance the night and um, uh, deal with the consequences. Deal there, with the consequences yeah. of that, or I could like maybe run all the way across the map because there is no fast travel to maybe buy the part that I need if it is in stock at this other person and if I have the money. Yeah, put put that put a pin in that because I want to talk about the world and and fast travel stuff yes. yeah. as its own as its own thing. But the uh, yeah, it's a it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It's really it's profoundly irritating. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a like a like a moderate level of of friction that is applied to everything in the game. Yeah, uh, the way that they uh, so the way that you level up. We, we were talking about that dichotomy. We'll get to it, but it's important to talk about the component parts. Mm -hmm. so we have to talk about every part of the trigger before we can talk about a tiny piece of metal you pull back. Um, you get XP and you level uh, this. You can buy skills. Uh, and this kind of customizes the combat a little bit. Mm -hmm. There's not quite a skill tree so much as like a skill board. Yeah. You know, here's, here's 12 things uh, you can put points into. Um, and these are uh, really, really small kind of choices. So like you have a category that's defensive, but you only have two things in there. You can get both. You only have a couple equipped at a time and each one branches into kind of specialities mm -hmm. uh, for them that are uh, not too exciting. I, no. I guess I will say like there are ones of these that are good and, and cool and, and efficacious, but it's not that exciting to uh, up your, your blood shield to last <laughs> from instead of five seconds, eight seconds. Yeah. It's significant, but it's not super, it's not, it's hard to get excited about. Yeah. It's, um, it's literally, it's just a, it, it is perfunctory, I guess. It's like, yeah, that's necessary, but not, you know, but like you don't feel good spending points on it. Right. Uh, something about these, you know, about these spells or these skills is that you want to make sure that you have the ability to deal um, several different kinds of damage. You have melee ranged and then blood and then shadow and enemies have different resistances. So you want to be able to fire something off that will do full damage um, in order to kind of uh, lean into enemy weaknesses to, you know, tilt the odds in your favor. Yeah. Little, little uh, pro tip shadow is, is pretty OP. Yes. Uh, abyss. The fewest things are very good. Are resistant to it. Yeah. So, um, and then there are also passive, this is, there aren't stats in this, but you, in this menu is also where you upgrade health and stamina mm -hmm. and blood, uh, that kind of acts as general, you know, level up avatar durability yeah. and the like. Uh, however, the experience system in this is real bonkers. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't gain experience through combat and you fight a lot uh, <laughs> and you fight a lot. Uh, 
in, or you just run past stuff or turn invisible and run past it, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which I can see what they are maybe going for this idea that you're, you know, a stealthy vampire. It's obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, it's not fun to run by enemies and you, it was shockingly early in this playthrough that I was like, this is not worth my time. Yeah. Or uh, I'm going <laughs> to zo- scoot something about this and i rarely complain about technical stuff but it's very funny um uh you can uh level up your stamina so you can basically always be doing your little uh flash step kind of deal mm-hmm. you know yeah uh, and that's a good way to get past a lot of a lot of enemies sometimes you'll get to a door you can't open when you're in combat but uh, oftentimes you'll be able to cross large distances just doing this uh technically at least on the ps4 version <laughs> uh uh the game didn't account for you being able to move this fast so uh game's pretty good about not having loading screens unless you outrun what it can cache <laughs> so <laughs> there, there's a lot of loading screens uh involved even if you're just running even if you're not like quick stepping uh-huh. uh you, you you run into a lot of loading screens yeah uh in this game like this is we should say this is you know don't nod to this this is the life of strange people mm-hmm. this is a double a game yeah you know in in terms of how it's it's kind of considered uh and those kind that kind of shortcoming i'm not really gonna be no, too harsh no. about it it's 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 just more i said that more just because it's funny the idea that you just outrun the load screen because the combat is so uninteresting <laughs> it's a it happens all the time and it also lends itself to you know jonathan reed professional clown pyre uh kind of thing where you're con- like imagine when you do that quick step thing in dark souls 3 to get through the swamp mm-hmm. if you just did that all the time whenever you're going anywhere and you're a dignified doctor <laughs> It's real silly. Um, oh. You gain some. Exp- you gain a good amount of experience through advancing the main story. Uh, so that is how you get kind of the, your minimal level. Mm-hmm. That, uh, but the main way you gain experience and the the logline for this game, the unique selling point of this mechanically, is that experience is tied into the social system, um, where you uh, you interact with the, this town's citizens uh, there, uh, and you have to decide whether to feed on them. Mm-hmm. You are a creature of the night. Uh, do you want to to do that? There are sixty citizens uh, in this game. There's four kind of zones in this uh, version of London. Sixty citizens total. Uh, the human brain. Uh, we can keep track of about fifty people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, this game is too long and has too many people in it. Yep. So if we do not give proper shrift to somebody that you think is super cool, understand that uh, we have to decide what to focus on. We're, I, we're not going to talk a lot about the individual stories of these, uh, in part because it's so optional, but in part because there's just too much of it. Yes. like, And it, it's, uh, you know, it's something nice because we've been really slagging on this game. Mm-hmm. It's easy to slag on critically while still being a game I like. Mm-hmm. Um, generally these stories that these citizens have are really good. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the writing in this game is great. I love it. Yeah. It's not, uh, you know, we're not absolutely champion S tier mm-hmm. stuff. And there are some, some, some dodgy kind of plotting yeah. that happens in it, but the individual writing, like it's doing the thing that I want all video games to do, which is the, the Planescape torment West of loathing disco Elysium trick of like, if there's going to be an NPC, they're going to be interesting. Yes. It just needed half the number of people, <laughs> you know, yeah. give me 30 interesting people. Don't give me 60 interesting people. Cause that's too much. It's, it, 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 it's too many. Um, and you know, yes, the, they, they are generally by and large interesting, but some of them just kind of come down to just a couple of sentences. Many of these 60 are just accessory characters to others. 
uh, yes. you know? Um, so you end up, uh, with, with like with a little bit of chaff in here, uh, but the, like the characters are, are, are pretty good and they're doing interesting stuff, um, as regards like trying to complicate your decision around whether or not you want to feed on them. Like you end up kind of like, at least if you're, if you're me, if you're looking at like role-playing this a little bit, and if you're thinking about, you know, how Jonathan would view his condition and view his mission, you know, things like that, uh, they're constantly like putting out bait to, uh, you know, to, to have you like, oh yes, it would be too perfect for me, for me to, um, embrace this person and, you know, kill them. I'm an evil user and I just washed my neck. You have anything to say about that, Dr. Reed? I light people on fire for fun. Yes, and I also, my blood pressure is exceedingly high and I've been eating a lot of sweets. What do you think of that, Jonathan? Dr. Reed, I, I replace part of my blood with Worcestershire sauce. Dr. Reed. <laughs> yeah you know there's there, there 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 are lots of them where there's like you know just extremely fun irony to it uh so you know so stuff like that while also like people who initially seem likable have some kind of terrible secret uh this is a great game you know if you enjoy like going and talking to a bunch of people and like checking back in and kind of dropping new information on them to press oh. them for more stories. It's so good to like unravel it's, these. Yeah. It's really good, but it's so much of the game. Yes. Like there, there's part, you know, so we talked about uh flash stepping around and gruffling everyone's garbage. A, a majority of this game, if you're trying to be a moral person is like an interview simulator. Yes. Like you are, and you're literally doing your doctor rounds. Like you're mm-hmm. actually curing people. We'll talk about that in a moment as well. Yeah. But it's just going around this town with no fast travel. That's huge. That has long hallways full of vampire hunters and monsters mm-hmm. between you and your patients, just making the rounds, interviewing people. Yep. And the text within is good, but that does, that just does not feel very like, I, I find that to be a frustrating setup, even yeah. if the content of that is good. Mm-hmm. Like it gets tedious. Yeah. I mean, it's primarily tedious because of the stuff that they put in between everybody. <laughs> like adding fast travel to this would make that like much easier to me. Like just, uh, I, well, it, it would, I mean, it would re I mean, it would really foreground the stuff that is cool about this game. The, uh, there's a, a fatal flaw in this game that I think should be illegal. Uh, <laughs> and it's when you skip dialogue, you skip an entire paragraph, not just the current law. Horrible. The, the, like the, what are they a like trial avgn.gif a trial what were at they the thinking? hague yeah. yeah it's horrible and there would be times so this is so such a big part of this game that is very very long that i got to the point where i was yada yada yadaing people yes yeah uh, even before they had said all their piece i'd be like i think i know where this is going i mm-hmm. gotta get to the next line of dialogue because i like six more fucking people to interview in this section of town yeah you know, so I can, I can check in on them and make them either big juicy experience bags mm-hmm. because there's a weird thing where you, the more you know about somebody, the more delicious their blood is. Yep. Uh, or because I just, you know, if I get this up, then I can then, uh, figure out how to treat these people and then get the health of the district up. Yeah. Yeah. Or like you learning more about this person might, uh, let me, might open up some doors to learning about somebody else who I would yes. feel better about eating, or they might just like literally be a, like a juicier target, 
you know, like I can either eat this person now for a thousand experience or, you know, do their quests. And in a couple of hours, their friend or the person who's hassling them will give me 4,000 experience. Yeah. Yep. Uh, whether you eat is not just blocked by uh, the value proposition of whether you want to. There's also a mesmerism level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this should not have been in the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, this this gates certain characters from from you being able to eat them. I think this undercuts the cool moral choice of this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, if you want to play as a Dark Avenger and just eat people who deserve it, there will be some people who deserve it who you cannot really eat until the last chapter of the game. Yeah. Um, your mesmerism level is tied to main plot progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I find this kind of gets in its own way and I understand why they did it kind of, you know, yeah. they wanted those characters to be around because they may be playing to later stories, but it also, the game wants you to take responsibility for that and wants you to be able to eat somebody and fuck yourself out of something. Yes. I mean, you know, it, it's constantly auto saving. You can't reload saves. Yeah. You are in for the consequences of your action in this. Yeah. Uh, like it's worth saying that, uh, well, every merchant in the game is somebody who you can chomp. Yes. There's only a couple of characters that are unchompable. Yeah. In the game period. Almost everybody's chompable. It's pack land in mm-hmm. this shit. <laughs> so if it didn't come through clearly, the, the, tension in this game the unique selling point is you have to decide whether to feed yes. if you feed you get lots of experience that's where most of your experience comes from and you uh will be powerful yeah uh, there if you decide not to feed uh the game is much harder you're going to be a lower level than uh enemies and all that that's cool that's mm-hmm. an interesting idea um fighting and performing the mechanics of this game at low level are is not very fun you die very quickly because of the lack of defensive vocabulary. And, and yeah, and the, the game does not have like a high enough skill ceiling really mm-hmm. to make it, you know, you're not stunting. It's not a soul level one dark souls run. No, you know, you're, you're optimizing your build with the experience you have, but the options are not good or fun or robust enough to, to, to really make that interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's a cool idea. Uh, you know, game is saying, do you want this mechanical power in exchange not only for doing something that is morally wrong, like you lose the good boy points, mm-hmm. but you lose content. Yeah. Uh, you know, a big part of this game is talking to citizens and chomping on somebody in this game will have really cool, uh, unforeseen effects. Yeah. Um, somebody in their social circle might turn into a boss. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody else who you didn't know was related to them might get depressed and kill, die. And then mm-hmm. the whole health of the district, we'll talk about that in a second, yeah. will go down and that can have consequences. It's really neat mm-hmm. as an idea. It's just the path of non eating, mm-hmm. uh, to get that best ending and to be the good boy is not very fun. Yeah. So uh, in this. it's this weird situation where it like things are integrated, you know, it's just the problem that, you know, when you have one system, which is the social system that leans on weaker stuff, right? Uh, yeah. You know, it leans on, the, you know, the combat and it has implications for a thing that is not necessarily pleasurable to engage in and additionally the social system has you know has something leaning on it which is the you know the, the the loot cycle which we've already said is fiddly and frustrating right yeah. so like it's it's one of these it, it, it yeah one system is incredibly like neat and hinges on like the main selling point of the game it's just the other stuff that it relies on or leans on ends up being less satisfying to engage with yeah, it's not it's not quite there. And and it's worth noting, like, 
the combat is not an absolute shit show. Like you can have some fun with it from time to time. Yeah. There's not enough variety yeah. uh, to it. Uh, and there's just, there's just not enough tools mm-hmm. for it. Um, yeah. So it, this is interesting. It's an interesting idea. Uh, feeding, you can get through the whole game without feeding any on anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, this gives you like the golden ending. The gradient for the next endings is very narrow. Yes. Uh, the second best ending is four or fewer people. The one after that is nine or fewer. And then if you do more than nine, you are an absolute, you know, you're the scourge of the earth. Yeah. Um, the first time I played this, when it came out, I was trying to, I was being uh, choosy in mm-hmm. who I ate, but I think I ate nine people. Okay. Because uh, I was including, you know, monsters. I was including like the landlord guy, but I was also choosing people who were like, I'd rather be dead. You know, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I ended up hitting that nine thing and I thought I was being a pretty good guy. Like I was doing all the other good decisions. Yeah. Uh, and then got to the end and, and uh, it's just like, oh, you're the scourge of the earth. You travel the world just sucking blood with abandon. Mm-hmm. You're a new plague. And I was like, what the fuck? And then uh, <laughs> this 60? time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And have you met these people? <laughs> um, and then uh, this time. I was like, okay, you know what? If I'm going to be a fucking monster, I'm not going to eat everybody, but like you, you, you annoy me a little bit. You're going to eat John, this Jonathan Reed came to play. Yeah. Uh, and then just got the exact same. So whether I was playing as a monster or not, I got the same ending because it's, it's not tuned very, or it's tuned like too subtly. Yes. I guess. Uh, pretty frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so if the gradient is one, and then for, for the best ending and then two, three, and four for the next to best ending where you know, the people who matter to you live. Right. Yeah. Um, and then anything after that is you just, you are the new Jack the Ripper. Well, there's a, there's a, all of this system too. There's a lot of, with that, uh, there's a lot of arbitrariness to it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, there's no relation between how many people you kill and what else you do. Like, just whether you take the life is the only thing that matters. Yes. Um, the reasons why there's no context toward to it. It's a real black and white morality kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you killing more people only kind of relates to the narrative things that happen in the bad endings. Uh, yeah. So, so you know, you're the character rejecting you and being like, Oh, you're a monster. Uh, is going to happen kind of no matter what mm-hmm. it doesn't have to do with who you kill. Like they're not taking values into account. No, there's also a big time little narrative dissonance in this where only named NPCs count as people. <laughs> so you, you can count, you can kill thousands oh, yeah. of vampire hunters and the game goes out of its way to humanize these people. Mm-hmm. Um, there are NPCs that are named that are like being recruited. And there are people who talk about like, Oh, you know, my family, uh, got killed by a vampire. Yeah. You know, like I, like the main vampire hunter has a really tragic backstory mm-hmm. as to why he's a vampire hunter. Uh, kill him though. Cause it doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, he's a vampire hunter, so he doesn't count. <laughs> um, it's, it's very, uh, old school Ludo narrative dissonant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that bad. You know, and then it's also like, you're the only person who can solve this problem. So, like doing a chomp on some people to get powerful enough to save more lives, you know, like there is no like utility. There's no greater good argument. Right. Yeah. Any of this. How does this serve the greater good? Yeah. You cannot, you cannot be an anti-hero effectively in this game, mm-hmm. uh, which is an interesting place to be. Like Dr. Vampire is a great idea. Uh, vampire superhero is also a great idea. Like vampire Batman. <laughs> be very careful here. 
Oh, do you think I'm, <laughs> am I about to, about to morb? I think that you uh, are, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for those about to morb, we salute you. Uh, no, it's a good idea, though, right? Uh-huh, like it is. being I mean, a dark Avenger, like do, being uh, doing Blade a vigilante. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, that, that's rad as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like Blade, the Daywalker. <laughs> uh, that's very cool. Uh, you you can't really be that though yeah. in this game, and this is going to make you know for the kind of people who listen to a podcast and then psychoanalyze the host, mm-hmm. which is inappropriate. Uh, this is going to give you something to chew on. I really enjoy video games that allow me to be the arbiter of to decide who lives and who dies. It's it's created. I mean, like oftentimes the game is 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 put there like that. Like that's how they're doing it. Like yeah, you know, it it's a cool game space. Like we mm-hmm. we talked about it when we play. Uh, both of us do this when we do Fallout. We play as like abolitionists, basically. Yes. Like a big joy of playing New Vegas or Fallout Two is being like, you know what, slavers got to fucking die. Mm-hmm. You don't get to own another person. Yep. You know, uh, period. Yeah. And that that is a satisfying part of the the power fantasy to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game does not want you to do that. It. And in a way that doesn't, again, totally work. Like the idea of a disempower fantasy, but it ends up feeling weirdly kind of naive in its morality. Yeah. Uh, to me, the idea that like all lives, all named lives are equal. Yeah. You know, whether they are a serial killer, like a literal serial killer, mm-hmm. or whether they are a, a saintly nun, <laughs> both are equally, you know, it's very Old Testament in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also like you just, the, the, they, they try and like pull in some Hippocratic oath stuff, but it is quite strange to be a doctor who goes around healing people just to get more points when you decide to kill them by your own hand. Like, no, I'm not going to let you got a headache and that's going to give you a gamey aftertaste. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to let pneumonia take you because that is my right as this God of the district, (laughs) you know, (laughs) as the cleansing tide of white chapel. Yeah. (laughs) The, uh, Oh man, I, I don't white chapel was definitely a larder of sorts uh, (laughs) for this vampire playthrough. Um, the, uh, the last little bit I want to talk about this, the social, Mm-hmm. Uh, thing before we talk about the illness and the doctor half of it is that a lot of the flagging uh, in it is arbitrary no. um, and this is intentional it's not a mistake uh, but things like you cannot unlock this final clue for somebody unless somebody else does something that is totally unrelated yes or you have a choice between two dialogue options it's not presented as important but if you choose one you will lock yourself out of a clue so you'll never max out this person yeah um that doesn't really bother me as a thing. Like I can, I can excuse that as a, yeah, the unforeseen consequences is one of the themes of the game, Mm -hmm. you know, but I want to put it out here because it'll really like that will put off a certain type of gamer very much. Yes. Uh, If you want to golden ending and it's important to you to get all the good boy points in a game, uh, you will need to follow a walkthrough. Yes. Of this, because a lot of it is pretty counterintuitive. Mm hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about curing people? Let's talk about being a doctor. Yeah. And, and uh, kind of uh, district health. Yes. Uh, so uh, some people are sick when you find them. They just, they, they just come out of the box sick. Uh, but there is a bit of a dynamic um, uh, illness system. Uh, where there are three different kind of like lanes of sickness, which will progress through three stages of, you know, severity. So somebody will start with a cold. Um, there's an inter- intermediate step and that progresses uh, to pneumonia. Now, the number of people who are sick and how sick they get um, ends up determining the overall district health. 
Um, and this can progress. So, you know, whenever you rest to level up, a night passes and people will end up getting sicker or they will fall sick with something new. Um, I think after you heal somebody, uh, they are uh, good for a little while, you know, um, there's like a cooldown on it. And there yeah. are a couple of world state events that mm-hmm. change this as well. Um, it also takes a night for people to get better. Yes. If you give somebody an aspirin, and they don't get better right away. You have to rest and deal with those consequences before you can chomp them. Yes. Uh, or, you know, let them live if you're, if you're being that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. um, so these get worse and worse if, if you leave them untreated. And the consequence of them being worse is that uh, the cure that you use that you have to craft through the crafting system becomes pricier. Yes. Uh, the ingredients to cure a cold are easier to find than the ingredients to cure pneumonia. Mm-hmm. So the longer you let this wait, the more costly it's going to be for you to cure it. Mm-hmm. Uh that sucks because <laughs> you are then incentivized again. If you are playing a good person, if you're being a doctor first and a vampire second to do your rounds throughout this entire London, constantly curing everyone's low level diseases, like mm-hmm. literally being a doctor and doing your rounds, but instead of for a hospital doing it for a whole city. Yeah. Entire neighborhoods uh, and you've, you know, more neighborhoods open up as you progress the game. So it is this ever widening gyre. Yes, uh, of tedium. Like, it's not fun to travel between mm-hmm. these places. We talked about how there isn't fast travel. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not fun to go through and do this and, and take care of this stuff. You can kind of multitask and check in on everyone's social uh, thing to see if anything unlocked in terms of a clue. Yeah. You know, an event happened to unlock more information while you're doing this. But it, it's, like, the point of this game, if, if the idea is that it's, it's not that it's hard to be a good person. Like, it mm-hmm. is hard because the combat's hard. It's also telling you that it's tedious to be a good person. Yeah. Like sticking to your morality is not just difficult. It's boring as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, twist my arm. I won't do it. <laughs> you know, you got me vampire. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I, ain't, I ain't gonna do that. The, the overall consequence, I never let this happen. Um, just because I, I was motivated to be a good boy. I was role playing Jonathan as, you know, a doctor who did not want to be a vampire. Uh, mm. right. You know, Idiot. so not you, Jonathan, <laughs> right. Why on earth would you not want to be a vampire? <laughs> we can't start talking about dark gift stuff. Um, <laughs> if not now, when, Cole, when, <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh but if a district's health falls too low uh and this includes uh if people die um mm-hmm. then uh it will uh, the district will, will kind of like fall into instability and hostility um uh just by reading this means that like you can't talk to people like it is just total chaos they die. yeah yeah th- th- this happened to me not in my first run my, my first run, nothing ever got this bad. The second run, mm-hmm. where I decided, fuck it, I'm a vampire first and a doctor second, mm-hmm. uh, this happened to Whitechapel uh, okay. for me. Um, and everyone dies, mm-hmm. uh, except for the pillar of the community if they're still alive. And then the streets become full of roving monsters and vampire gangs, Yeah, which is why uh, there's no fast travel. They want <laughs> you to wade through the consequences of your actions. Yeah. You can see on paper how that'd be interesting. Uh, this is an added decision factor in whether I let the health of this district go down. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm encouraged to do these rounds and keep this health up, keep spinning these plates because it's going to be a pain to travel through this area. Yeah. Uh, if I don't, that just, it, that doesn't work though. Uh, it is a pain, but it's not an interesting pain. Yeah. 
to travel through the town and you can just run past everything. Mm -hmm. So it just meant that Whitechapel, when I needed to go there for some reason, I just, you know, dashed. Yeah. Turned invisible or dashed and just ran through everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't that cool to see it degrade. Hoped something didn't uh, aggro you too close to a door you had to get through. Exactly. You know, Um, while we're talking about the the map or talking about the uh, fast travel thing, this game, uh, I think to disguise load times, has tons of little blind alleys and stuff Mm -hmm. uh, you'll go into. And one of the most infuriating things that I've run into in a a video game map design thing, which is a preponderance of one-way doors. Yep. Uh, So when you're heading to somewhere, um, there's a little marker, but the streets are really winding and complicated. So you'll look at your map, or this is how I did it. Look at my map, and I'd be like, okay, I need to take this road to the end, take a left, take the second right uh, to get to where I need to go. But you'd get there, and there'd just be a locked door, a (laughs) one-way door in your way. You can unlock this, uh, but why? Mm-hmm. Like it, it just takes a longer time to get around. Uh, it's so fucking obnoxious to run into locked doors. Yeah. Of this, uh, the before I play talks about when you get to a new district, making a circuit of the outside of it, just to unlock all the doors to the district. Yeah. Uh, like if I can just do that, then what is the point of them? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, all I can think of is it is meant to stop you from getting into districts that you that you you know should not be able to get into by the story like the the game doesn't want you going to the west end well it does it even within the district is the mm-hmm. thing yeah so like i'm in the the pembroke district and there's still a locked one-way door so i just have to take the long way around yep. and sometimes they'll put an encounter there that they want you to do mm-hmm. but it's really ham-fisted game design yeah uh and it just it's just tedium especially with that encounter when i can just run past it Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if in then either Diagro and because uh, the enemies in this have really funny leashes, <laughs> uh, in this where they don't just like stand at the the order and you know the border and shake harder, mm-hmm. they just like forget that you're there and go, Oh shit, <laughs> get back to my post. <laughs> um, yeah, it it it's really a, a mid level irritation that is sprinkled over the whole game, yes, yeah, um, along with just the map design being absolutely full of dead ends and weird, uh, arbitrary points like sometimes you can teleport up onto a ledge sometimes you can't yeah um yeah yeah no this is this is a game that is full of the like just uh just kind of constant irritations yes (laughs) despite being good like i like it i'll never play it again two Uh two is definitely enough for for me and vampire two's plenty Yeah, yeah yeah I don't know that uh, but, I'm especially yeah. hungry. It's kind of one of those things where, like, if there's story stuff that I missed, I can read about it, you know, wikis yes. or TV tropes, you know, yep. like, I got it. It's, it's, it's neat. And for people listening to this, you can decide whether you think it's cool. I, I paid for this game twice. I played it once on computer and once on Switch mm-hmm. and don't regret it. Yeah. But I also think that if you just listen to this episode, you'll probably be all right. Yeah. You know, it's um, uh, it, it's kind of the seven, seven out of ten. That's where incredibly interesting stuff happens, but also it's debatable whether or not uh, that is how you want to spend your time, right? Well, there are also two different kinds of seven out of ten. There are like the seven out of ten where parts of it are four out of ten and parts of it are ten out of ten. Yeah, and then parts of it where all of it is seven out of ten. Yeah, this is definitely the parts are ten out of ten and parts of it are four out of ten. Yes, either things are really cool and and some things are really irritating mm-hmm. and uh it, it kind of averages yeah so that's going to be to your individual sensitivities whether that is you know those four out of tens are things you can uh things you can gut prices you'll pay yeah yeah um, um 
Yeah. Where do we want to go? Well, because we kind of like we kind of uh, went went uh, in circles through the notes here. <laughs> I got so excited. Uh, <laughs> district health. So when you kill citizens, district health goes down, no matter who they are. Yes. So somebody can be uh, the plague of of an area. Mm-hmm. And it still goes down. Each district also has a pillar of the community. Uh, killing this person always has a huge negative impact, mm-hmm. um, even if they are bad. Yeah. Um, it, you do not want to, uh, you, if you can avoid it, you want to kill this person, even though, because unforeseen consequences is a theme of the game, uh, sometimes when you do, when you keep that person alive, it still doesn't go well. No, no. Uh, and I'm okay with that. Like, again, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like being surprised by that because I'm not attached to getting a golden ending, um, of this, but it's a, uh, you have these social circles, uh, that happen and you can, t- everything can turn to Thunderdome. As we mentioned, mm-hmm. map is useless, uh, auto save. So you cannot save some of those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get to the, the climax of a chapter where you're talking to a pillar of a community and you'll generally will have a, a kill forgive option. And then a third way option that you have to research yes. to get. It's testing whether, um, you know, how much of the, the, you know, pounding the pavement, uh, footwork stuff you've done mm-hmm. to, uh, to make that work. Um, in that subversion though, that third way option is not always the best option. Right. Which I really respect because I think that, uh, a lot of times in video games, the compromise is always correct. Mm-hmm. You know, if you play, uh, even in games I love, like it's a, it's a big Western RPG thing. Yeah. You know, fallout three, uh, the compromise is always correct. <laughs> you know, 10 times out of 10, I think that's cowardly and shitty. Yeah. Um, in this game, sometimes you think it's going to be correct and then it bites you in the ass. Yeah. Because that uh, person, if they, awesome. that person, if they stick around, especially if you turn them, uh, ends up becoming, uh, you know, like people oftentimes, at least in fiction, do not become uh, better when they are untethered from the consequences of morality. It's weird. <laughs> of mortality, I guess. Yeah. 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 I, I'd like to assure any vampires listening that I will become better <laughs> if I'm untethered by the, uh, by mortality. Yeah. And I'm only getting older. I'm almost 42. So you got to hurry. Rip to me. I'm only going to stay this hot. Rip, so long. rip to me, but I'm different. <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, yeah. I, I can handle this. I am immune to propaganda. <laughs> uh, oh man. Uh, story is really good individual stories and like I, I enjoy the overall story in this. I especially mm-hmm. like the way that it kind of progresses through chapters you know, uh, like there are, you know, chapters that feature individual neighborhoods and individual actors within them, you know, mm-hmm. and the overall mystery is something that is kind of like low key happening in the background for the entire game, but only moving uh, toward, uh, you know, toward the end. Um, yes. It's nice and it's uh, very gothic. I think that there's a good amount of camp to this as well. Yeah, there's some there's some very good uh, silliness to this. Yeah. Uh, uh, the voice acting should get some kind of Waffy award. It is because it, fucking yeah. amazing. It is so good. Mary. No low cards. Yeah. <laughs> like there, there's nobody who I'm like, this guy's a shitty voice actor. Mm-hmm. Like they killed it with this better than, you know, a lot of games that have great voice acting. Yeah. Like usually there'll be somebody who's kind of phoning it in. Mm-hmm. Everybody's doing a great job with this. Yeah. It, um, it's incredible. It kind of doesn't matter if they're like really a minor too. like how good and charming is, um, that shopkeeper in the West end, the most British man alive Calhoun. Uh, oh, the, the gourmand. Yeah. The gourmand. How amazing is he? Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's really good. Yeah. Uh, everybody does a great job. Uh, and the main characters do as well. And they <laughs> have a lot, you know, to, uh, like, I don't think that, um, the character who played Jonathan Reed was in the same room as all of these characters. No, 
you know, obviously when they were recording, but they covered up really well. Yes. They sound conversational in a way that that's quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, which is important when you are spending so much time in conversation with these folks. Yeah. Just to to jump us ahead a little bit in terms of audio, uh, the music is extremely good. Oh my god! You look yeah. at other stuff this guy like the, the, this composer has has, uh, has done. Like, there's nothing that I would say like, oh yeah, that like that is an all time great soundtrack. This is ridiculously good. It fits the tone very well. A lot of the tracks are just a lone cello or like a like yes. a baritone flute, um, but uh. like the ones that are just the cello. Um, like this is something that, and it's a, it's another really good soundtrack, but rule of Rose does this trick mm-hmm. as well. Uh, just fully exploring like the emotional and sonic range of a single instrument. Um, the, yeah, the, the, the soundtrack owns. It, it reminds me a lot of, uh, the heavy use of string quartets reminds me a lot of the Arcanum soundtrack. Okay. Which is, uh, you know, exceedingly hall of fame soundtrack mm-hmm. uh, level. And the, uh, the Pembroke theme gets a special mention mention to me as one of my favorite like home base themes oh yeah in video games it's like medulla tier <laughs> it's so good uh just incredible soundtrack uh visuals are okay mm-hmm. you know uh looks looks fine um you know it's dark and appropriately slimy there's a little bit of that like i know that they use some you can see that they use the tool to kind of junkify everything yeah you know the, things don't feel individually placed so much um Early on, when I thought it was going to be more immersive simi, mm-hmm. I was very excited to find an interior space. And then I realized, like, that's foolish because yeah. it's going to be the same, you know, set of knocked over credenzas and soiled yeah. mattresses. It's, temp- you know? it's like a template with an AI brush um, filling yes. stuff in, you know, no- noiseifying yeah. it. Um, something that is strange about this is the individual character textures, like models are, you know, pretty good. Uh, facial animation mm-hmm. is limited, but it's a double A. Double A game, so it's hard to hold that against it. Uh, you can tell this is made by the people who did Life is Strange, though, because some of the environment textures look marker, look like marker, yeah, which is a neat look too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I dig, I dig that quite a bit. Uh, I played this on Switch the second time, and there's a weird graphical kind of drawing thing. Hmm. Uh, when this is a minor note, but when you're in conversations, uh, you still control the camera, but you have very limited control, and the characters just kind of stand there and sway. Yes at each other like they're both hypnotizing one another <laughs> you know like you put you put two two snakes next to each other um i so i would what i would do is i'd wipe jonathan the back of jonathan's head across somebody's face over and over mm-hmm. because there's a weird draw in effect where they would look slightly less detailed for like a fraction of a second <laughs> before they would draw in and gotta do something while i'm just asking this person about the same things <laughs> that i been asking everybody about what do you think about how things are going in the neighborhood? <laughs> yeah. How, how's life on the, the West end? Um, this last little bit, because I want, I think it's very funny and it belongs in generalities. Uh, one of your, your powers, you know, we talked about that mesmerism. You have mind control in general. <laughs> the, uh, you can use this to, to demand people answer questions that they might be reluctant mm-hmm. to answer. Uh, when you do this, Jonathan says it in a very declarative voice <laughs> and he uses the same voice, no matter how innocuous the thing is. Yeah. It's why? so funny. Why do you leave at this particular time of night? <laughs> it reminds me, there's a, one of my favorite office jokes uh, from the American office is there's a thing where Dwight and Andy are like interviewing each other at one point mm-hmm. and they're both just yelling aggressive questions at each other. It's like, how do you make a table? And, and he's just like, you, you take, you make a chair and you add a leg. 
And then, so, then the, the, before they cut, he goes, what is a scented candle? <laughs> uh, and I, I just think about that's the, the, the Jonathan Reed delivery on it's, all this stuff. It's so, like, so, and this is anytime you use a, um, like a, like, so it's a blue conversation prompt, which means that you found a, like a clue, you know, mm-hmm. so you're trying to apply them for more information using something that you've already known. There's nothing there to indicate that there will be additional aggression. The fact that he, like the voice immediately gets like incredibly deep and it has this echoing kind of filter attached to it makes it feel a little bit like when you use the doubt option in L.A. Noir, uh, yeah. you know, which is just like a like a re-skinned like press you know, kind of thing. Just like, like, oh, we recorded all of these to be like the, uh, you know, this is you being the bad cop aggressive kind of deal. There's nothing to indicate that you are, you know, this is the, this is what you're doing to be mean to extract information out of them. So it's what? very dissonant and funny. And there's, there's no uh, separation between things people might be reluctant to answer and things that people would, would just answer. Yes. So sometimes the it's the method that you get the information that determines the tone, not what the information is. Yes. So if it's it's something that came from a clue from another NPC, regardless of whether you're just asking like, you know, what do you like on your pizza? Mm-hmm. You still, you know, ask it like you're asking, you know, what their stance is on a portion. <laughs> you know, like you're you're still compelling them. It's yeah. so funny. It made <laughs> me laugh every time uh for the whole game. Yeah. Um, so about development stuff, don't nod. They began making vampire while wrapping up life is strange. Uh, this game was announced in 2015 while life is strange was coming out. Uh, and they brought over kind of team members from that project as that, uh, as that game concluded, I, I, I still want to see something with their original concept of this, the 1950s America, uh, mm-hmm. version, you know, especially if it's, it's cool like idea. vampirism coinciding with red scare stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. a, that's a great idea. Just call it Red Scare as well. Oh yeah, done. <laughs> you know, easy. Um, that's a good idea. But they, yeah, they they liked uh, this Edwardian kind of London a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game was written by two French writers uh, and translated by two native English speakers. Uh, generally, the translation is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, every once in a while, there are a couple weird uh, mispronunciations and stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you pointed this out. Cause that's, uh, Aloysius, right? Yes. So you, you would say that. Yeah. 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 No, there, there's a, there's a major character in one of the chapters. His name is Aloysius Dawson. Um, uh, like the, not famously, but on a- abject suffering, I mispronounced Aloysius as Aloysius because I had never, I had heard the name Aloysius, but I didn't know that that was how it was spelled. And I was just pronouncing it phonetically to, you know, to my mind, mm-hmm. kind of over Romanizing like a, like an Irish name. Um, uh, this is, you know, th- that is understandable for an individual to think that the fact that everybody pronounces this name incorrectly means that there was a, uh, there was a voice director who insisted that they pronounced Aloysius Aloysius. Yeah. Or this is a very mild alternate timeline. Ooh, yeah, I think where it's just that word effect. is. Yeah. yeah, it reminds me of the uh, the Call of Cthulhu game with with Jonathan Reed, where they keep saying macabre, <laughs> like things are macabre <laughs> or macabre, macabre, macabre. Um, <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so they, they talk about they did a lot of research for mm-hmm. this uh, so much so there's a little splash screen at the front which I really like, which is like we did a lot of research about medical. Uh, treatments at the time but do not use this game for medical advice yeah don't imagine don't. somebody just taking all the ergamatine they, they find in their <laughs> fucking cabinet and trying to get rid of their headache i can't find any opium come on yeah come on <laughs> 
Oh man. Uh, but yeah, there, there's like a list of a whole bunch of stuff that they, uh, that, that, that they studied to like recreate this, this, uh, you know, version of London, you know, the city was rebuilt cause a lot of stuff happened over the 20th century, uh, mm-hmm. in Britain and Europe, uh, kind of, kind of an eventful time for them. Um, yeah, yeah. arguably. <laughs> the uh the, the the game was properly received i think as like a you know seven seven out of ten like we said metacritic is like 72 or something which feels feels about right yeah uh, i wish that there was a little asterisk that was like parts are 10 out of 10 and parts are four out of 10 yeah yeah uh seven out of 10 always means something a little bit different to me mm-hmm. express uh, in that way <laughs> express game scores as ranges yeah yeah, exactly. That would be a great, or just, you know, you have to read about the thing. Oh, We're reading about the, uh, when I was reading reviews of this, when it came out too, there was, uh, I was confronted with one of the things I find frustrating about modern games review stuff is that it's so clear that the people reviewing did not, like they just got first impressions Yeah, no. of it, you know? So they, they uh, and I get that because they're That's under it. this ridiculous click pressure and, and have to review a thousand games, but you know, it is one of those games where uh, it doesn't immediately put all of its flaws or strengths on Front Street. Yeah. Um, you do have to kind of get a little bit further into it to get it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, it was successful. Like, the, they, they said, hey, at half a million, this game would make a profit. At a million, uh, we would consider this to be, like, yeah, that was worth doing. Uh, in, in 10 months, it sold a million copies, which is yeah. kind of impressive for a game of this you know type and scale let's say and you never hear anyone talking about it yeah like it, it's very surprising because we've had a, a slate of vampire games since then and none of them are like oh yeah we're influenced by vampire yeah uh nobody talks about this game mm-hmm. it's very strange for how successful it was yeah uh in 2019 don't na- don't nod uh patch in a story mode that makes combat uh, piss easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get the best ending, but cannot get the best achie- the achievement yeah, for the best yeah. ending in that. So it allows people who who want to see it to see it, who don't know about the secret code of uh, typing in YouTube yep. into a browser. Uh, but it, it doesn't allow you to get those Chivos if you're that kind of weirdo. Right. Um, you have to suffer through the, the bad combat being underpowered mm-hmm. to get that Chivo. I, I I wish I had done this, but I still stand by my decision to play it as intended just because of uh Well we're you talking know, about the, for show. the show. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you had done this, then that would be yeah. Yeah. I would not have felt the felt the pain. <laughs> I would not yeah. have felt those like, irritations. What are you about? The combat's no problem. <laughs> it's over like instantly. Everyone dies in one hit. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, that's not uh, not, not the way to do it. Um uh the sh- the game was optioned for a television series uh by uh Fox. 21 i think uh so some production company at fox uh is looking at that that could be interesting you know depending on the production values um yeah there's there, there, there there's there's stuff here that's worth that's worth making a show about i think mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i could see this this working real well yeah um yeah uh don't nod went on to make life is strange 2 for square and then partnered with xbox game studios and made a game called tell me why another game called twin mirror uh, i don't know anything about them uh, the, uh tell me why won a bunch of like um uh lgbt awards looks interesting mm-hmm. to me like a kind of like a non-supernatural uh, life is strange uh kind of deal uh twin mirror mm-hmm. apparently is this like really interesting failure of like a horror detective twin peaks kind of thing um mm. yeah and life is strange too is good i played that uh kind of just over the course of a couple of months here earlier this year yeah yeah i i like life is strange one i, I don't know why i haven't 
follow don't nod yeah more than i have like they seem like they are really really good in terms of writing yes uh and performances uh so in terms of like adventure gamey kind of stuff i can mm-hmm. see i am less interested in them doing something that has a more mechanical bent yeah based on this yeah uh you know a lot of the complaints that we have about uh about this are also reflect in um uh oh gosh remember remember me as well yeah based on things that i've read yeah i i think that like if they just kept on playing in the space of the cinematic cinematic adventure game i'd be perfectly fine with that because they do it's interesting because they, they do really well at that uh and i don't i don't want to discourage the company from making like a big boy you know video game with all these systems like mm-hmm. i love systems you know it's just uh they just didn't quite get it right and i th- yeah. i think with with this game you know before we get it totally get into it i think that it's not that far away mm-hmm. from this stuff like if you know add fast travel cut you know 33% of the citizens <laughs> uh you know you you can make this good like what if you only started having vampire hunters when you started uh showing hints of vampirism in a area yeah like you ap you still wanted to eat people for the bosses but vampire hunters didn't show up until that was a consequence yeah you know until you made it happen as opposed to the just being copy pasted everywhere mm-hmm. kind of regardless like there, there's it feels like they're and you know they probably thought of this stuff not mm-hmm. smarter than they are but it, it to make this closer to something i would like it would not take too much it feels yes. like yeah if it like there there is monkeying at the margins that uh that would address a lot of these concerns you know yeah. the, the 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 irritations because like when we say like I, I genuinely mean it when i say that like the irritations are numerous but they're just kind of moderate and you feel them because they are applied consistently over a long time you know mm-hmm. but like there's there, there's still ultimately mo- like moderate inconveniences just exacerbated by the scale at which you encounter them right if you had to choose to add either fast travel to this game or the ability to uh, skip dialogue line by line, which one would you do? Uh, fast travel without question. I think I would do the other. Oh yeah. I got sick of hearing people talk slowly. Yeah. It's the big thing that made me not like her story that much. Talk mm. faster. <laughs> uh, I read so much faster than I listen. True. True. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and then that's why there are two different hosts on this show because we can have two yeah. different opinions about that. Well, I, I would take both. <laughs> oh, of course, you know, it's yeah. not really different opinions. It's it's a sixty forty for me, but it's yeah, um, yeah, and that's going to be it for uh, this section of the episode. If you're hearing this, uh, thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear the whole episode and all the rest of our premium episodes, please go to Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV. Yeah. Uh, if you have thoughts about this, it is too late to write in. Uh, the deadline for any given month's games to be on the dispatch is the 15th. Um, however, you can write in about July's games by July the 15th or August games um, by August the 15th. Uh, July's games are Children of Morta, Castlevania II, Simon's Quest, and Control is the premium episode for that month. Yeah. And in August, we're playing Final Fantasy XII and Wario Land Four. Yeah, so uh, join us right in. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, next if, week, we'll be back with the dispatch. Yes, we will. Uh, and if you want to hear the full version of this episode, like we said, you go to patreon.com slash Um Cool. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you then.